Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and Teresa has nominated Eva Survey as a game changer. And I'm so excited that Eva is joining us today. And I'm excited to talk with her about her inspiration and her motivation behind why she has decided to do what she does. So Eva, thank you for joining me. Nice to see you again. I should probably disclose that you and I are, have been professional friends for several years. And so I know you from the animal healing world, but if our community doesn't know about you, I think it's a good time to talk about why you're so passionate about rescuing and saving animals. And then of course, treating them in an integrative holistic way. So even back up and tell people who don't know about what you do a little bit about who you are and how you got started down the animal path, because you didn't necessarily start out in, in, in an animal career. Did you? <laughs> I wasn't allowed from my parents uh, to study for vet, yeah. but uh, saving animals, I've done it all my life since I was a little girl. I mean, I would find a little bird that was hurt outside. I would bring it in. Um, I brought little animals in even without my parents knowing because they didn't really approve, but helping another who is suffering, who needs help is has always been in my heart it's it's what i do best it's what i love most and it's been like that since i was a young child also in school i would be uh in the group of those preserving nature of those fighting for animal rights uh, i got prizes for that when i was still at school it is who i am uh, but sadly my parents did not want me to become a vet my father himself he was an oncologist so he was in the world of the doctors. Um, my mother was a nurse. So I'm really in a family of medicine, let's say this way. But no, they didn't want me to become a vet or they didn't allow me to study for vet. And they even said I wasn't smart enough to be a vet. But what I did was the second best thing. At that time, I'm talking now of 1985, Greenpeace was really boosting or booming, should I say. And everybody knew about Greenpeace. And I said, okay, I may not become a vet and help animals that way, but I could become a lawyer and maybe I could go and work for Greenpeace. So that, that was my story behind for me. Let's do this. At least that way I'm going to be helping uh, nature. I'm going to be helping saving uh, animals. And at the same time, I will know what I need to know to put the bad people behind bars. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And Eva, I love, I love that story. And I knew that your roots were, of course, being an attorney. But that you, what, what you're talking about is using whatever training you have or whatever passion you have, using it to support your hobby or your first love, which is animals. So in your situation, I mean, the, you being an attorney allowed you to have the skills to be able to help people who need those particular skills, saving animals, to do it more effectively more flawlessly with good representation. So I love that. What you're saying is whatever you've been trained to do, use it for a higher purpose and a better good. And you've, you've done that all along. So then 
then phase two, you became an attorney working and, you know, working behind the scenes, supporting what you can do using the skills that you have. I'm sure that you continued to rescue animals. And that also introduced you to wanting, of course, the animals that you rescue are not well, they're sick and they need medical attention and they need emotional, physical, mental recovery and healing that introduced a second kind of chapter to your life, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was a a little bit unlucky that uh, I was only 27 years old when I had a motorcycle accident and gave me fibromyalgia, gave me lots of problems. And Western medicine couldn't help me. They couldn't figure it out. They didn't know what to do. They say, oh, fibromyalgia, it's forever. All the pains you have, we can't help you. And luckily, after breaking my back, again, with uh, rescuing (laughs) with, with the horses in that case, Uh, I was lucky to find a doctor in Australia who taught me about advanced falling therapy is where we use a specific red light to stimulate stimulate acupuncture points. And from there, um, I I just changed from one moment to the other. During the week, I would still work as a jurist here in Spain because I moved to Spain 17 years ago. I'm from Belgium, but I live in Spain. And just during the week, I would do my regular job. And in the weekends... I would travel uh, in Europe and teach in five languages everything about this therapy so that animals where the doctor, where the vets can't help anymore, at least they would know there is still something that they can do themselves at home and help these animals. If you look at this little girl behind me, she and she's going, she's 14 and a half right now. She has been paralyzed. And the vet told me, Ava, he said, she will never ever walk again. They operated on her spine. Something went bad. The leg was even cold. They said she will never walk again. Three months later, she was totally independent again, even doing her little peewee alone. These kinds of dogs that I'm saving most of the time are dogs that don't find help anymore in, with Western medicine. <clears throat> and that's so sad because I know you, Dr. Becker, you, you are also an acupuncturist. You know what uh, traditional or classical Chinese medicine can mean for us. And, and, and that's also why I always say, people, please look further. Please read out or read on of everything that's possible. Please join Dr. Becker in her group Inside Scoop and learn about the vaccines, learn about the food, learn about the products that you're giving your animals because there is so much that we can avoid, but there is also so much we still can do when traditional Western medicine can't help us anymore. Yeah. And I think that especially when it comes to rescue, Eva, I think that oftentimes animals need a higher level of care. They need a more in-depth level of healing. It takes a longer period of time. There's a massive amount of commitment to work with a paralyzed animal to get them back on their feet. And I think that oftentimes that's only done through people committed to rescuing an animal. And regardless of what the outcome is, they're going to work and keep that animal's quality of life the best that it can be period. There is not giving up on an animal. And I think out of that resiliency of humans, the resilient human nature comes so many opportunities for animals to heal in a way that we weren't necessarily taught about in vet school or that the average pet parent knows about. And I think 
for instance, just even photonic therapy, that's something that we know that lasers are powerful. And most people have heard about laser therapy being beneficial, but it's for most lasers, you can't buy them and use them in your home. And yet you have been able to come across a form of therapy that helps pet parents and pet owners provide some level of care at home. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, um, I'm not here, certainly not today. I'm not here to talk about the volcanic therapy. But what I think that the most important thing of all is, is just that certainly with rescues, okay, I've I haven't had so many animals as, as some other rescue centers because I'm all alone and I have to do it all alone. Uh, but on the other hand, so the maximum dogs I've had at once was 16 dogs. The maximum horses was 11 horses. Still a lot for me. Those 11 horses, I had them while I was walking around with an iron corset because I had broken my uh, lumbar four. But that's because... <sighs> This may sound strange, but I don't want them to feel how I felt as a child in pain. Mm. I want to offer to others for the suffering that I had as a child. I don't want that to happen to anybody, not to humans, not to animals. And the biggest problem with rescues is, is that people, well, the the rescue is not the problem. (laughs) The person does not realize that nine times out of 10, a rescue dog has emotional trauma. Mm. You can't change emotional trauma with changing the food. Well, it can be benefit. It's better to give healthy food than 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 breadcrumbs. But I mean, we have to work on that brain. We have to be there. And I don't know what happened to me, but I have been blessed to be able to talk to animals. I have been blessed to know what's going on. I can tell the vets exactly where the animal is having an issue. And that's why, that's why uh, in my heart is so close to them. Yeah. I'm, it, sometimes people don't like to hear it, but it's a fact. I understand animals better than I understand humans. Yeah. And that's also the reason why I live alone on a 50-acre ranch. And I have saved here every animal. Even the animals that are just running around uh, a hedgehog that I see that is hurt. I'll just pick it up and I'll start torching it. Uh, There is a bird that I see, whatever the animal, I will just help them. And it's not to get recognition. It's not for somebody to say, oh, well done, Eva. No, I just don't want them to suffer. And that's where my heart goes every single day. And for those mental issues, we need to go further than Western medicine. Um, Saying, oh, you have to bring your dog to a dog school, you need to train him and so on. Yes, for sure. I also did those courses 30 years ago. But it's the mental issue. And the mental issue, we can also take care uh, with what I do. But you have to be patient. And uh, I would say there is no better dog than a rescue dog because they know you have saved them. Mm -hmm. And you have their eternal love. Mm -hmm. I mean, they'll do everything for you. Yeah. And they are, they're, they're perpetually grateful for sure. Yes. Eva, how the animals that of course arrive at, at, at your rescue ranch, is it people calling and saying, Hey, this animal needs help. How are these animals showing up? Is it just word of mouth? No, most of the time. Well, I have a little bit of everything. Uh, when I saved those nine falls, I went to see, I went to look at a horse a beautiful horse. It was not for me. It was for somebody else. And I immediately sensed pain and, 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 and sadness. So I asked that person, I said, can I have a look around here? 
And he says, oh yeah, go. And I found a field with uh, starving foals. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and these were pre-horses, uh, uh, pure uh, Spanish uh, bred horses. And they were just dying. They had no food. And I even, uh, although I save animals, I had to pay. I had to buy them to save them. They yeah. wouldn't even give them to me. Uh, in another case with those 11 pups, um, somebody called me and said, Eva, they're, they're on the camping. They found a big dog. And apparently she has pups. The owner of the camping has said that tomorrow he's going to drown them all. So mom with 11 pups came to me. And that, that, was, that was a very, very hard uh, moment because these pups were seven weeks old and they had to stay with me until 15 weeks before they were allowed to travel. So that's exactly the moment where they're full of action and with 11 of them, it, it, it was crazy. But anyways, a ton of them found a home in Belgium and the Netherlands and the mom too. I still have one of those here. And then sometimes somebody calls me and just says, Eva, my neighbor has a dog, he's very, very sick, but he has no money. Yeah. And then I, I said, okay, bring him to my vet. I will pay the bill. And that most of the time comes from my pocket. My rescue, uh, my nonprofit has that instead of money. And, and, and they just abandoned the dog there. And for yeah. me, it goes further. For me, what, and, and I can only ask for every single person who will look at this video. If there is anything that you should do, and if you can do it for others, even better, that is, please stay with your dog when the time comes that he has to leave his sick belly behind. Because that's one of the things I do at my vet clinic. You have people come there, oh, the dog is too sick or whatever, and they just leave the dog there to be euthanized when nothing else can be done. And that dog is just there alone, trembling and scared. And the owner, the dog has done everything for you for all these years. And then just the most important moment that he needs you to be with him or her. And just to touch her and take no worries. Everything is going to yeah. be fine. They leave. That, that breaks my heart. And that's one of the things I love to do. Yeah. Because I don't want that any, any, any animal should be alone at that time. So. Yeah. Please stay with your animals. They deserve your love at that moment. And what you also have to remember is your dog is not going to leave you. Your dog is just changing his energy. Right. You, will, you can still feel him in your home. He's not just going to leave you because his body has gone. His energy will still be with you. And he will still love you. So, sorry. Yeah. Making this longer than you maybe want. I'm sorry. But but I do think that that's, a, that's an important point that I think even as veterinarians, euthanasia, people say, what's the hardest part about being a veterinarian? Absolutely, it's euthanasia, but it's also the most important part of our jobs. And it's, it's very important that during that transition, that animals feel comfortable and secure and loved and calm and at peace. I mean, all of those variables are super important for a smooth transition. Absolutely. So when, with your rescue work, mm -hmm. this is, this is a tough question, but when you get up in the morning, what do you love most about the rescue work that you're doing? I don't know if it's, uh, if it's in, in the morning, but uh, what I love most to do just in general is see the power that I have to relieve pain. Because 
every time I see an animal that's coming in uh, and that's in pain, and I, I'm going to give you the session, and then just five, ten minutes later, you already see the, the twinkles in the eye. You almost can see a smile on that face, like, oh, they relax. Yeah. We calm down. Um, these are the miracles. These are the miracles. And the first thing in the morning has not been a lovely time, a lovely time, yeah. a long time, because, because those dogs are always, they can sleep inside, okay? So once in a while, I have one who doesn't want to sleep inside, they will sleep outside. Uh, but my doors anyways are always open. I never close my doors. They're always unlocked up to. Um, but they are in the morning so happy to see me that sometimes when I would like to sleep in until 7.30, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are, well, they made me laugh at the same time, you know, because they're, they were one next to the other, next to my bed. And they're just waiting to hear my breath. Like, oh, and, oh she's awake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> happy. And, uh, and, and then I can't even pretend that I'm still sleeping. It's time to get up, get out, and get everything moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. And that is there, you know, there is no sleeping. And for anyone in rescue, there is no sleeping in ever. But that is part of the joy, right? That yeah. you are, that the anticipation of you getting up is a celebrated <laughs> event, which also makes, you know, it makes you feel good that you are that loved, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. If you could, if you could let the world if you could share one thing with the world, if, if, if you would want the world to know one thing, what would it be? To never give up hope. Yeah, never give up hope um, because hope is what gets you going. Uh, I am still, I'm not the, the person who will say I will fight. I will fight forever. No, sometimes you have to listen to your animal and sometimes their time has come. So I am happy to then help them leave their sick buddy behind. But first of all, uh, I will do whatever I can to make their life better. But when there is no hope in the way that whatever they have has gone too far or uh, a tumor that exploded inside or whatever, please be there and help your animal go. But for the rest, have hope. Don't just listen to one voice who says nothing can be done. I can say you, it's not true. As long as you haven't tried uh, traditional Chinese medicine or acupuncture or you do it yourself with advanced chronic therapy I mean you should know what to do if your animal has a problem right now at home he has an accident he's bleeding you should know what to do to stop that bleeding if your dog um, is asphyxiating you should know what to do meaning don't lose hope but to not lose hope you need to spend the time to learn like from Dr. Becker here or from Rodney Habib, be in the group of Inside Scoop, learn. I love learning. I'm on, on Google or somewhere every single day. I mean, I have a wall full. No, it's not true because I don't put these things on the walls. But I mean, I have certificates of all kinds of things because I just want to learn and be ready for whenever something happens to my animal yeah. that I can help it. Yeah. Because there is nothing worse as a pet owner to feel that you can't do anything, that you see your animal passing away in front of you because you did not know. So have hope, but do something for, for yeah, to yeah. have that hope. Go for it, learn something new and, and learn something that's benef benef uh, beneficial for your animal. Yeah. Well, th 
very powerful words and really important words. What you're saying is to empower yourself with enough knowledge to be able to feel confident that you are not helpless in your circumstances. Of course, you may need to partner with veterinarians and you will have to do that. But in and of itself, it's important that you have enough knowledge because you've educated yourself enough to feel comfortable knowing what you need to do next. And if veterinary intervention is necessary, you you are aware of that enough to know that you're not making mistakes you're going to look back on and think, ah, I wish I would have known more. So those are really good words. Eva, if people wanted to learn more about your rescue, do you, do you have a, um, are you on Facebook or do you have a website or, or how, if people wanted to learn more, where do they go? Uh, on Facebook uh, for the rescue center, it's Whispering Ranch, it's called. Uh, I have on Facebook, I think I have six or seven groups, depending on the dogs, on the, on the horses, uh, general groups. So uh, you can find me just on Facebook, Whispering Ranch in Spain, of course. That, that's so good. So good. Well, we are so thankful for Teresa for nominating you for a Game Changer Award. Yes. And we're so thankful that you are using all of your knowledge, your talents, your resources to help improve the lives and well-being of the animals that come into your life. You're doing a fantastic job. We're so thankful for everything you're doing. Thank you for being here and thank you for giving me the chance to talk about this.